Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for October the 30th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration and the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, it's Halloween tonight. Let me just explain it like this. Flat out not interested in the satanic holiday, ladies and gentlemen. Reject it, do good things, spend time with your family, and stay out of the way. As in my opinion, evil rages, you can pray and have wonderful family time and offset the holiday with God, family, and country. How do you like that? All right, we don't have time to do the recap of uh, yesterday's show. We'll do that at the end of the hour if we have time and or next hour. Uh, But we have an incredible guest, Patricia Kent. She's the founder and board member of Liberty Action Coalition. It's libertyactioncoalition.us. She also has another website, libertyguardians.us. Incredible interview starts now. Along my fellow American Sam Bushman, live on your radio. People are uh, speaking at the WeCanAct.net conference. Vendors are vending, and I'm broadcasting live. Patricia Kent with me, ladies and gentlemen. She's founder and board member of the Liberty Coalition. Welcome to the broadcast. Tell me about the uh, Action Liberty Coalition. Okay, it's actually called the Liberty Action Coalition. Liberty Action Coalition, all right. We, we put that word action in because the time for complaining is over. Okay, now so we've got to take action. Now the time is to take action. Okay. So we organize to help fight against the tyranny that is going on in our country. And we believe, my one of my main mottos is liber- educate to liberate. So... Our big thing is to educate people on what's going on and then give them something to do. I had so many people asking me, well, just tell us how we can get involved. Tell us what to do. And so we decided that we needed to educate people on what's going on and then give them those options to know how to contact their legislators or get involved in their city government and to... uh, let their voices be heard as we the people. One of the other things that we really stress is for people to study the Constitution. We actually teach uh, five lessons called the five steps to restoring the Constitution. So it's, a, it's an all-encompassing organization. It was originally set up to be an umbrella organization for other like-minded organizations. And so just this last couple of weeks I put out a new website called libertyguardians.us and on that you can go to the affiliates and you will find groups that are like-minded you hit the button of the name of that group and it will take you directly to their website and their Facebook and our goal eventually is to have all of the groups all over and especially in Utah, we're going to have them by county. So you can go to 
hit the button on Cash County, and it'll have every patriotic group in Cash County that is meeting. It'll have their their activities so that you can get involved in those activities. And that'll be at LibertyGardens.us. Yes. Or LibertyGuardians.us. Correct. And the idea is to act as a clearinghouse, right? Right. All right. Tell me about the organization taking action then. We're talking about peaceful action, right? Okay. So we have three main areas that we look at. One is education. And every month we have a big meeting with all of our group to educate them on the issues, update them on the things that we've been doing and that are working. We have an election committee. That election committee started in January vetting every candidate running for mayor and city council in Washington County. We chose those that were constitutionally minded and would listen to we the people. And we have then since helped fund them. We have gone for the last three weeks, we've been going door to door, handing out literature, holding meet and greets. Uh, We need to make sure that we are electing honest, liberty-minded people to our city councils. And most of these are, are not partisan positions, right? Absolutely not. And this is not a partisan organization. We have people from we, no party, unaffiliated to every party. All right. And what can people do to, to be the most helpful? I think the thing that people need to do most is be proactive in contacting their local leaders and voicing their their opinions as to what needs to take place on the issues. I think locally, statewide, and nationally, we need to be contacting our elected officials and letting them know uh, when we see them doing things that are unconstitutional that we expect them to live up to the oath of office that they have taken. I think it's important. I saw an article uh, in the news talking about you guys elected, or I guess you guys endorsed three candidates uh, from Washington County down in St. George, Utah area, uh, that are basically running for the school board or whatever. The idea is, hey, they were against masks, right? Correct. And so the, the idea here, ladies and gentlemen, is to pick key clutch issues and stand for the right candidates doing the right thing uh, in all cases. doesn't matter uh, what they're from or what the, the key is to understand the principles, right? Exactly. Where do we go from here in terms of the ability to make a difference, to, to get it? Is it just going to be Utah or is it eventually going to be other states duplicated? What's the plan? It's going to be everybody. Uh, right now, in fact, yesterday I had a lady from Texas ask me if I would come to Texas and help them organize their group in their state like we have done here in Utah. I had another lady from Boise, Idaho, ask me if I would come to Boise and do the same thing up there. So I have I have actually worked with people in Nevada, Arizona, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah. I had a phone call from New York. Uh, We've done Montana. This is nationwide. This is not a party issue. This is an American, we the people issue. And the more we can unite all of like-minded people, the more we can take back the freedom that we hold so dear in this country. How do people uh, join? They can go to... Uh, Liberty Action Coalition at gmail.com 
or they can go to our website, libertyactioncoalition.us, and there are ways to join right there. And is it a money join or is it a, a support, um, volunteer join? What, what kind of join are we talking about? We're talking anybody can join. It doesn't cost you anything. Okay. How uh, big is the organization and, and uh, what do we need to do to make it grow? Right now, just our, our local organization, we have be close to 4,000 people that are supporting and following us. When we combine that with all the other groups that have come on board, we're looking at uh, over 100,000 people. And when and we talk about groups that come on board, those are the groups that will be eventually listed. Correct. Uh, at, at the other site. How do the two sites work together? Help me understand that. So basically, we are, Liberty Action Coalition is our own little group, but we have taken it upon ourselves to put all the groups together in one place, and that's libertyguardians.us, so that we can all unite in what we're doing. A good example of that is two weeks ago, we planned a rally in front of our local hospitals, IHC, and... Cedar City Group heard about it, and they said, then we're going to do that on the same day at the same time. And we, we blasted that out to the other organizations that we're affiliated with, and they said, good, then we'll do the same thing all over. And so instead of, of just having the 100 people that we had in St. George at our IHC over the entire state in front of the hospitals, we had well over 1,000 people. That makes a big statement to our elected officials. The more numbers you have, the more our elected officials have to look at. This is we the people, and we make a difference. Well, and the big thing with that is not only are you getting a lot of people involved through those joint um, organizations that are willing to collaborate and work together, uh, one of the other things you're doing is making sure that we don't have conflicting events, too. Exactly. That's important, right? <laughs> right, and that's one of the reasons we decided we really needed to unite. And so on this website, we will have calendars with the events all over because lots of times I see events that are going on up north that I would really like to be to but we've got an event in the southern end of the state and so we're trying to bring those together so that we can we can support each other and Liberty Action Coalition the members we actually encourage them not to just help the other organizations but to join as a member of the other organization so that they're getting information on everything. Uh, that's pretty hard to do because I have so many emails and, and things coming, sometimes I miss things. Yeah, believe it or not, WeCanAct.net got that done. Think how many organizations are here supporting one huge Utah inaugural event, right? Exactly. It's awesome to be here. We appreciate you. We appreciate the organization that you founded. And uh, all we say is God bless you. March on. You got our support. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Patricia Kent, founder and board member, Liberty Action Coalition, libertyactioncoalition.net. Uh, and then the other site that they're now just launched, libertyguardians.net. That's .us. .us for that one. All right. Both of them are .us, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why I can't get this all right. I, there's just so many different domains going on, I guess, is a part of the issue. You want to basically educate to liberate, and that's what we can all do together. Correct. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks. Patricia Kent, this is Liberty Roundtable Live.
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Great interviews continuing from the incredible WeCanAct.net conference. Our next guest, Seth Keschel. He's a strategic analyst with the America Project, powering the people to save America. You got to dig it, right? Seth starts now. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live at WeCanAct.net conference. Incredible event. It's a huge hall. The seats are packed. The floor with vendors has got a lot of people as well, ladies and gentlemen. Our next guest, Seth Keschel, is with us. He's a strategic analyst with the America Project. AmericaProject.com. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hey, Sam, how are you? I appreciate you having me on. I'm doing fantastic. Tell me uh, about your involvement as strategic analyst. Do you dig into the uh, what makes America tick stuff? Yeah, I got into the the fight, so to speak, shortly after the election last November. Within a couple of weeks, I met General Flynn. And I became part of his working team challenging the election fraud cases. And I've fallen in with a ton of organizations that have employed my skills, namely in analytics regarding the 2020 election and also future planning to prevent such an election crisis in the future. Interestingly enough, my son is in the analytics world for corporations. Analytics that kind of run together, but of course they have different stripes depending on what the topic is. Uh, my background is one that involves baseball analytics. Of course, baseball is an extremely analytical game these days. Yeah, he days. did basketball analytics is where he got started. Uh huh. Yeah, and of course, you know, people can overthink things, and analytics becomes the entire game, which isn't really what we want. But all those abilities to understand numbers and trends has played into what I do now politically. Let's talk about the election fraud stuff for, for a minute. You know, there's been so much credible evidence coming out literally everywhere if you pay attention. Now, I know the mainstream press denies and, and uh, is dishonest about it, but the truth is there is election fraud. There's so many numbers and statistics and evidential realities uh, that point to this. What about the um, My Pillow Guy stuff? You know, he got kind of burned when he had his big old event, but there was more substance than he got credit for, right? Well, he's getting ready to make a few Supreme Court cases. Now, as far as my personal involvement in that, I had nothing to do with gathering these packet captures. Okay. And, and my understanding is that they are not able to be fully released due to some, some serious issues that are not really able to be expressed right now. About my understanding of the election numbers is more based on registration data, population growth, and most importantly, voter behavior. So we're looking at trends. Utah has trends. Primarily Republican trends, right? They are. The state is becoming more and more Republican in registration, yet somehow the margin for Trump became very small compared to previous elections in Utah in 2020. Now, you had that large third-party vote in 2016, which came back, and it was almost all Republican third-party vote in 2016, came back for Trump in 2020. So Trump was over 120,000 votes above Romney. So he absolutely performed a standard Republican output here, yet somehow Biden in the same election gained a vote gain nearly triple what the previous Democrat record was, which in a few counties very concerning, especially Salt Lake County and Utah County. I submit new mail-in balloting across the state had a hand in that, huh? Mail-in voting entrenched at the state level is a, is a catastrophe, and the only state that has mass mail-in voting that is still a Republican state is Utah, and it just trended very heavily towards the Democrats in this election. Because there's no real custody of the ballots is the problem with the mail-in voting. On one hand, no custody of ballots. On the other hand, the idea that we're going to send blanket ballots to everybody is just asking for disaster, isn't it? Especially if you have dirty voter rolls. So you can see the voter rolls I've released on my Telegram channel in Pennsylvania. They have voters that have been 
deceased for many decades, voters born in the 1880s, addresses that don't exist. So when everyone on the roll is allowed to get a mail-in ballot, then you have a recipe for hundreds of thousands, if not millions, if you're talking to a state like California, of fraudulent mail ballots. So much so that other countries like France have banned mail-in balloting because it's a serious source of fraud. Mail-in balloting is one of the problems. Some of the other problems have to do with, uh, as far as we understand, batches of ballots were literally brought in uh, that are folded identical, that have um, literally uh, duplicated information on it that seems like nobody did it uh, individually. It was more of a kind of a carbon copy discussion. Uh, Did that play in? You have all kinds of issues like that. You see in Maricopa County's report from the from the Senate audit. Keep in mind, people that say Maricopa County's audit was underwhelming, there were five months that passed from the time of the election ending to the beginning of the audit in which the ballots physically could be manipulated or swapped or filled in, and the cyber materials of the audit could be manipulated, and the audit report confirmed that both of those things happened. So even with manipulation of the audit materials, the results still showed substantial fraud over 74,000 votes just between what Doug Logan and Dr. Shiva put out but then 255,000 mismatched between voter files and then 200,000 plus deleted ballot images which is a violation of federal law some of the other stuff that's going to come out from Jovan Pulitzer you'll see other issues I, I don't know if I can put those out there just yet but they involve exactly what you're talking about mismanagement of the actual paper ballots so, you know, back in the Nixon days, it was like one, hey, they broke in, that's bad enough, but it was the cover-up that kind of took them down, right? Is that what's going to happen here? One would hope. I, I'm very confident that history is going to recognize the Biden administration is illegitimately elected. What do you think is going to happen? At this point, I mean, by the time we really get to the bottom of it, uh, since they have literally at the court levels uh, said you don't have standing, not even giving the real issues a fair, just hearing, um, no evidence really delivered. They're just simply dismissing cases left and right. It might be a who done it too late though thing, right? It depends what your version of too late means, because some people's attitude towards fixing the 2020 election or revealing the truth of the 2020 election only goes as far as is Donald Trump going to become president this term? No, mine is: Are we going to prosecute people for criminal activity? Well, number they one, need, they need and number to be. two, are we going to solve it going forward? to where we can gain the uh, trust back for the American people, right? Well, that's the only thing. And I think history's never afforded a spotlight like it has to, to anyone else other than Mark Burnovich, as you see right now, the Attorney General of Arizona. He's been given a golden opportunity to be a hero and do the right thing in the, in the halls of justice, so to speak. And he is the guy that's going to have to crack some skulls in Maricopa County. And now you also see there's a lot of pressure ratcheting up on Pima County, which is Tucson. Yes. Lots of problems there revealed in the mail balloting last week by President Trump, by Kelly Ward, and by others. I've seen Pima County as a very fraudulent county since the get-go. At least 35,000 fake votes cast there for Biden. Do you think the governor will double down and deliver, or do you think he'll wimp out? No, the governor's going to wimp out. The governor doesn't have a spine. Doug Doug Ducey is a big imposter, a a complete fraud. He's somebody who absolutely has zero principles, zero values, doesn't stand for anything except the, except the big donors that put him in office. I'm a big advocate of the county sheriff. I'm uh, the operations manager for Sheriff Richard Mack and the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Do you think the sheriffs can uh, create accountability here? Probably not, no. Most of the massive fraud is committed in counties where they've engineered the sheriff's positions to be people that are going to preserve this kind of fraud rather than expose it. How do you think we're going to really then going forward? It's one thing to create accountability for what's already done. The the more important thing in my mind, though, is going forward saying we've got to somehow right this boat or we'll never have America again. 
I agree with that. But you see the mainstream media out there blocking and tackling. You have 55 to 60% of the country that realizes the election was rigged. Yes. You have 30% that never will. So you have 10 to 15% of the population that can still be persuaded. So if you're going to preach to the choir, like at a conference like this, then it needs to be driving people towards action, which I will tonight when I speak at 7 o'clock. But, you know, you may be facing a scenario which is the end of the republic. If people are not going to fix these issues, you know, you're not going to have 55 to 60 percent of the country believe the elections are rigged and have the country continue on indefinitely as is. Do you think we can, as we uh, create accountability and transparency here, do you think it can be done peacefully or will they just flat out take us to war? I know we want to be peaceful, but I'm just telling you right now, these people are nuts on parade. And if uh, they, so if, they're waiting on people to call for violence. It's not a, it's uh, it's something that his, historically when the government breaks down, has no trust of the people, you have massive unrest. So I would not be surprised, obviously, um, you know, if you if you see this continue on. Look at the California recall. The California recall was rigged as well. I'm yes. not saying that Newsom would not have won, but you also can't, if you're the Democratic machine, you can't allow Newsom to win that race by four or five points because then people are going to say, hey, what the heck has California been a 30-point Democrat state for all these years? So you have to keep up the appearances. Now, yeah, a breakdown of the election system, a breakdown of the government is going to bring in consequences that no one wants to see. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not calling for that violence, but I'm also not stupid enough to pretend that we're not getting close to that kind of a, a abuse of the people. Look what happens when you defy, I'm not going to wear a mask. They literally beat you up and arrest you now. Or if you won't take the vaccines, you simply lose your job. They trash your bread bowl and you can't make a living anymore. This is the kind of stuff we're talking about to where, what will their next step be? To use climate change to lock us all down, uh, to lock down our financial means and our wherewithal. You know, what I mean is they'll take it to the next level. We've seen it already. And so I'm not promoting this, but I am saying we see the writing on the wall. Sure. I think in a way you just you can't look at these situations. You can look at those one of two ways. You can look at them negatively and dread them coming, or you can see them as something that's going to create so much angst, so many problems that it's going to wake people up. So since the election fraud, I've met so many people who've always been conservative. We voted for Trump twice, but we didn't wake up until 11-3. So you want to wake people up, even though it's a short-term pain period. If they start implementing all those measures, you know, vaccine mandates to fly, vaccine mandates to cross state lines you are going to have a wall of people that you've never seen before become involved in fighting back this stuff and it absolutely has to happen we, we could have had four more years of Trump and they could have surrounded him with the bad advisors that he had they could have surrounded him with Democrats in both houses and we would have wound up four years from now with a Democrat president at the same rate we're going right so now we've had this stolen election, and the way to frame that positively is now you have all these people, I almost feel crazy it's 11 months after the election and we're here at conferences still talking about 2020 election stats, which means this issue has not gone away. It's not going away. It's actually getting bigger. So I've been uh, doing radio for over 25 years. It's the 25th year uh, celebration this year of my nationally syndicated radio show. The reason that I'm bringing that up is I've been at this for a long time, and I've seen more people advocate for liberty in the last three to five years than I saw in the first 20. So no doubt we're gaining on it. No doubt people are waking up. No doubt people are going to start to take action I pray for peaceful action. I'm the guy that runs around and says, let's have a restoration, not a revolution. Uh, so I, I get the peaceful uh, attempt, and we follow the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. So I understand all that. At the same time, I have a little bit of fear that we need to educate the people so they know what not to do as much as what to do, right? You always want to hope for the least painful path of resolution possible. Of course, you say 
you say restoration. And you do have more people involved than you've ever seen before, and that's because circumstances are worse than they've ever been before. And that's a hard thing to say. One of these, the issues our country faces I like to call affluenza, where everybody's so comfortable. Everybody's got their organizations. You have your softball games. You have your churches. You have your memberships. You have your clubs. And then... All right, ladies and gentlemen, quick pause on your radio. We're uh, in these incredible interviews. <laughs> it's just amazing, the guests that were at this incredible weekend at conference, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking right now to Seth Keschel. He's a strategic analyst. America Project, ladies and gentlemen. Building and supporting empowerment network of businesses and individuals. AmericaProject.com in seconds continues. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. The investigation into former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo leads to a criminal charge, forcible touching, a misdemeanor. This coming after investigators poured over hundreds, maybe thousands of documents. Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple explains why they settled on this charge. We didn't want to muddy the waters and throw a bunch of charges out there and see which one sticks. This charge fits the allegation and it fits the evidence that was obtained by our criminal investigators. Cuomo due in court November 17th. The University of Southern California admits Friday it mishandled sexual assault allegations against a fraternity. USC's president saying Friday she knew last month of at least five allegations of drugging and sexual assault at Sigma Nu, but those allegations just coming to light in recent days. The northern lights may be visible in parts of the continental U.S. this weekend. The U.S. Space Weather Prediction Center says the aurora borealis may be visible Saturday night in the far northeast, upper Midwest, and Washington State. This is USA Radio News. Rockstar Radio is looking for a co-host. Yes, you heard me correctly. Nationally syndicated radio show and popular podcast. Rockstar Radio with Billy Gerard is looking for a co-host. In fact, two segment co-hosts. One will join Billy weekly talking about all things financial and another for a weekly review of the national real estate and mortgage market. Co-hosting with Billy Gerard could be the move that puts your career into overdrive. For all the details and to schedule an audition with Billy, send an email to bill at rockstar.today. That's bill at rockstar.today. Or go to rockstar.today slash co-host for all the details. Rockstar Radio is looking for two expert co-hosts. It could be you. Email bill at rockstar.today or go to rockstar.today slash co-host. Being on the radio with Billy will make you the expert in the field. It could take your career over the moon. Get all the audition details at rockstar.today slash co-host. Parents may soon have the option of getting their young children vaccinated. The FDA on Friday issues emergency use authorization for Pfizer's vaccine for kids 5 to 11. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona on ABC News. Uh, we know vaccines work. It's the best strategy we have uh, battling COVID-19. And uh, I encourage when you're eligible to get vaccinated uh, and breathe a little bit easier, not just because you're vaccinated, but because you know you're protecting those around you. Pfizer says the vaccine is 90% effective at preventing symptomatic infection. The vaccine still needs CDC approval before shots can be administered. The CDC advisory panel meets Monday. World leaders find something to agree on. At the G20 summit in Rome Saturday, they endorse a global minimum corporate tax of 15%. The White House calls the agreement historic. An administration official tells CNN this will reshape the rules of the global economy. Formal approval expected Sunday. The Atlanta Braves take a two-games-to-one lead in the World Series to beat the Houston Astros 2-0 Friday night at home, game four Saturday night in Atlanta. 
This is USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Hope you're all doing fantastic. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always when we're on your radio. Seth Keschel with us, strategic analyst. Uh, It's the America Project, building a support and empowerment network of and for pro-freedom organizations, businesses, and individuals. Powering the people to save America. AmericaProject.com interview continues. You have your clubs, and then only then when you see issues. Look at Michigan last spring when Whitmer locked the whole state down. People took the two weeks off saying, hey, we're going to help stop the spread, and then everyone was laid off. These working class communities, that is when you saw some serious scary stuff and action at the Capitol. So the reason people are more involved is because they sense that 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 the noose is tightening, so to speak, on liberty. And when circumstances, it's going to get worse. You know, when when the inflation hits and when the economic indicators become worse, when the consequences become worse, you're going to have more and more people stand up because they won't have anywhere else to go. What's the title of your speech at 7 o'clock tonight? It's behind the election corruption curtain, and I'm focusing on Colorado and Utah, but I should have titled it A Million Ways to Defraud the West. Yeah, we also need to entitle it somehow that we can resolve this crisis, though. You know what? Americans have been behind the eight ball on a lot of things over the uh, centuries that that America's been uh, in existence. I know it's a young republic, but we've been through a lot. We can handle this if we all get together, can't we? Yeah, I would agree with that. But we need to also, we have to take action no matter what. You know, some people's appetite only goes as far as is Trump going to be president, yes or no. But if we do the action and we truly believe in the faith that we believe in, if we believe in the things we believe in, then we are not going to, to please God without action. So faith requires us to act. So my, my hope is in that God sees our efforts and God will expose our government's corruption and he will restore us in places where it can be restored to a republic that enjoys liberty. Well, he will do that if we turn to him. He's promised us biblically uh, that if we turn to him and repent and keep his commandments, he will heal our land and he will protect us. But it doesn't mean it's going to be pain-free or easy doesn't mean pain-free doesn't mean easy it does mean it's doable if you're on the right side i agree with that all right sir we appreciate you any final shot no i appreciate you sam i want to encourage everybody to i want to encourage everybody to be involved to to pick an issue they care about there's nothing but issues being presented today pro-life issues pro-freedom issues anti-medical tyranny elections there's something for everybody and there's no more time it is a late hour you cannot be sitting on the couch right now doing nothing there is not an option Ladies and gentlemen, Seth Keschel, Strategic Analyst, America Project, americaproject.com to learn more. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Wow, and the hard-hitting interviews just continue from the Week in Act conference. There was so many great speakers, so many great uh, vendors, so many great people running around with books and just tremendous stuff. We went from Patricia Kent to Seth Keschel, now David Clements. Yeah, the professor's record, don't lie. The election was stolen, he says. Don't lie. The election was stolen. Theprofessorsrecord.com certainly sets the record straight. The interview starts now.
Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Live interviews continue. We can act conference. Incredible speakers, incredible uh, vendors, incredible people everywhere. It's been a sight to behold the inaugural. I'm calling it the Liberty 21 Conference right here in the Salt Palace, Salt Lake City, Utah. WeCanAct.net if you want to get tickets um, to the archives. Uh, really, the streaming archives are the best way to get the speakers. You won't be able to personally enjoy all the uh, interaction going on on the floor with the vendors and the people and just the rubbing the shoulders and the making friends and developing relationships and more. But you will be able to see the speakers at WeCanAct.net. Our next guest, David Clements. Dr. David Clements is a professor... Uh, and he's got theprofessorsrecord.com as his website, theprofessorsrecord.com. And you really hit hard exposing election fraud, huh, sir? Yeah, well, I wasn't intending to do that, but I, um, as a former law, law professor, I uh, saw what everyone else saw on November 3rd, that people went to bed thinking that, no, that Donald Trump was going to be the president. I was one of those folks. And then what we saw was a massive cover-up and... A propaganda push telling everyone that this was the safest and most secure election in history and since I used to be a prosecutor I like looking at evidence and I, I through my own journey found out that we had massive massive fraud and uh, so my journey has evolved from looking at the cases that were filed by Sidney Powell Lynn Wood and many others heroes to, I might add I, I, I agree with you to now setting up forensic audit channels in every state and so we've been trying to get full forensic audits and canvases done so we can reclaim confidence in our elections. You know, we've known about election fraud. They keep denying it. The courts simply jettison the discussion before it ever even gets started. They don't even evaluate the evidence or anything else. At some point, I think some of these top attorneys in the country and some of these bar associations and everything else, uh, when they won't even consider the evidence and there's no opportunity, First Amendment-wise, for a redress of grievance, what do you say to that, sir? I mean, we've really crossed a Rubicon in America when you can't, even if you're a, a Lynn Wood, a Sidney Powell, some of these other incredible people, you can't even deliver your evidence in a meaningful way, right? Well, that was the case this past year. When you look at the number of lawsuits that were filed, I closely examined about 90 lawsuits. Um, out of those, you had 21 that had some bearing on minor issues with election fraud. And out of those 21, 14 were heard on the merits and uh, well, actually you know 21 were on the on the merits and 14 were favored were, were ruled in favor of Trump or the GOP but the problem is those lawsuits did not have an election outcome significance the remaining lawsuits upwards of 70 they did 70 not, really they did not schedule an evidentiary hearing yet they went out and told everyone wow. that there's no evidence well how can you say that well so they used this fiction called standing and basically said you don't have standing uh, for some legal, you know, I, I won't curse on your channel, but it's the same token <laughs> uh, excuse, and it, it, they, they just didn't listen to the cases. They had two cases that they, they heard. Um, one was filed by Sidney Powell, I forget the other, out of Arizona and Nevada, and they set those hearings for one hour. And when you see the, the length of the lawsuits, it's absurd to think that they would get it. You would can't get even get through done. the first 10 pages in an hour, sir. Well, the first lawsuit was 400 pages long. So, right. so, yeah, you couldn't read the lawsuit, let alone have an evidentiary hearing. And then the second lawsuit on Nevada was 1,200 pages, and they set that for one hour. Wow. Um, yet everyone ran with a headline through the Associated Press and everyone else saying that, look, the evidence is garbage. This is compelling, compelling evidence. Um, I've tried 160 cases to a jury. I've tried murders. I've never had a case with this kind of evidence. 
David Clements, what do we do in America, though, when you, you know, this standing idea? I don't know how Texas or some of these other people don't have standing. Sidney Powell representing a, a lot of people here, having evidence. Uh, now they're literally going against her, saying that she had no business as an attorney submitting this mock evidence, as they say, or this, you know, bogus evidence. They don't even evaluate it, but they yet then claim that she doesn't. Now they're trying to go after her and sue her or dismiss her from the bar and all these different things. At some point, how do we stop them? Well, first, you got to consider the source. You know, the, the snake news is the snake news. There's a reason why in the last two weeks not a single program on CNN has reached a million viewers because no one trusts them. And so I don't care if a Marxist-run organization doesn't want to tell the truth about our truth-tellers, and Sydney's one of our truth-tellers. No question. Um, so what we're seeing uh, courage is in short supply across the board. But what Sydney has done is she's shown a fearlessness that has inspired millions of people to take this from the court of law, which is full of cowards, to the court of public opinion. And in the court of public opinion, we're winning. The latest Rasmussen poll showed that we have 84% of Republicans now believing that the election outcome of 2021 or 2020 was uh, had uh, there was enough fraud that it could have affected the outcome. More interestingly enough, if you look at the Democrats, 34% of Democrats feel the same way. Which is an incredible number. Well, considering that we've been told that Biden got 81 million votes. Now, if 34% of your, your party don't agree with, don't think that you were legitimately elected, that's pretty funny when it comes to the perception that somehow this guy was more popular than Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. And no one buys it. It doesn't pass the sniff test. We need audits in every state, no question, but it seems like Arizona is becoming ground zero, huh? Yeah, well, it, it, it's we've gotten an audit report from Arizona. The findings were shocking. The report was watered down, unfortunately, but there's still enough there to decertify. You've got over 57,000 illegal ballots that were cast, which is more than six times the, mar the supposed margin of victory of Biden. You have mass destruction of evidence. You had 263,000 uh, forensic images that were destroyed. Um, so how anyone can move forward with confidence in Arizona um, is uh, curious at best. Um, but we're seeing this movement go from state to state. Maricopa was the first domino. We're still shoving on that domino because we've got deep state actors on the other side of that domino trying to keep it up. But it's just going to be a matter of time before it falls over and we the people get our government back. They're going to lose and they know it, don't they? Well, they will. I mean, this is really what we're talking about with the public court of public opinion is – we need that emperor has no clothes moment. And the American people are starting to see our leaders as being feckless, that they don't have clothes. And as soon as we all wake up, we'll get a republic back. All right. Tell me a little bit more about your website, The Professor's Record. Uh, what is it? TheProfessorsRecord.com? That's right. All right. You also have another one, ElectionEvidence.com, right? Well, I've got different... Um, I've got links to other evidence aggregators. So what I tell people is you don't have to take my word for it that the election was stolen. So electionevidence.com and here's the evidence.com are two evidence aggregators where you can look at affidavits yourself. You can look at expert reports yourself and make up your own mind. Uh, so I've tried to compile links all in one place at the bottom of my website page uh, for people to do their own homework, their own research. But you can find me at theprofessorsrecord.com. And I also have a channel on Telegram, which is where I'm most active. Uh, the Professor's Record with David K. Clements. All right, what are you working on besides election fraud? I know it's a serious issue. I know they're going to lose it. It's a matter of time, more evidence. It's going to reach critical mass. 
Uh, when it does, things are going to change. People are just simply going to not uh, tolerate it any longer, uh, especially as the 22 and beyond elections uh, come to fruition. Do you think we can get it squared away in time with the 22 elections? We have to. There's no way to go forward unless you accurately diagnose the murder of our votes in 2020. So all of these rhino Republicans that are talking about legislative fixes, they need to be primary. The, the, the litmus test is simple. Either you can say out loud that the election was stolen from the rightful president, Donald Trump, and you can say without shame that you're demanding a full forensic audit in your state. And if you can't say either of those things, you shouldn't hold office. And the fact that we've gone almost 11 months, almost a full calendar year from the last election, and 99.9% .9 of our elected officials have done nothing to restore confidence tells you a lot about the deep, swan, uh, the deep state. Amen to that. We still don't even know who our president is, sir. Oh, well, I know exactly who our president is. Well, President is. Trump, but you, you see what I'm saying, right? I do. You've literally got a criminal fraudulently uh, sworn in, uh, and we're going to have to take action about that somehow. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm trying to do. Each day, uh, say a prayer, get out of bed, ask the good Lord for his will to be done, and uh, keep moving. You just jumped off the speaker stage, right? I did. And what do you have to say? Give, me, give us a thumbnail, will you? Well, I changed the, the subject a little bit up there. I was asked to talk about critical race theory, which um, I'm comfortable talking about because as a former university professor, I've had to deal with um, the critical race theorist who basically tells us that our children, if they're white or male, um, are racist. Or In every interaction, we must view through the racial lens, right? Exactly. And I, I find that to be an abominable philosophy. I think it's, um, it's hurtful. I think it's child abuse. And uh, so I've been vocal against that. And um, so I, I've, I've taken my, my beatings, if you will. I was fired about three weeks ago for not just fighting critical race theory, but also refusing to take the jab. Yeah, good for wear you. Wear a mask, refuse testing, um, because I have my reasons. And one of the subjects that I teach is consumer protection. So I actually know the law inside and out. And uh, I, I think we have a duty as attorneys to not peddle deceptive practices and tell our students a lie just to go just just to get along at the university setting sure we appreciate your stance on it for sure uh, these are critical issues the critical race theory i have one statement to all of uh, the critical race theorists or those who are uh, inadvertently teaching it not realizing it people are doing that as well i mean it's permeating our society big time i think the repercussions are going to be disastrous uh, nevertheless i think we're all god's children and we need to start to act like it amen to that brother I mean, that's the shortest way I can kind of really um, go against the critical race theorists and say, look, this isn't theory. We're all God's children, and we need to act like it. Yeah. As an image bearer, you have inherent dignity. And when we tell someone that they're a racist for something that they can't control, what, that, that's, that cannot be reconciled with the Word of God. They're literally saying babies are racist. They come out racist, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, they do. I don't know if they've, I don't know if I've heard a quote, but if you take their, you take the philosophy down to its core set of beliefs. Yeah, you are born as uh, someone who carries with you this unconscious bias and racism. The other thing that I find interesting is that really there's no way to undo your horrible status as a racist either, right? No, you just have to flog yourself and and, and basically tell everyone that you're more enlightened than everyone else because you admit. You know, some level of racism. But, it's garbage. But it's, at some point, though, you'll, you'll never get over it, though. You'll never be able to rectify the divide, though, right? No, you, you can't, but there's a way to monetize it. 
So there's a lot of uh -huh. these these people out there that are peddlers that are white. Like the um, I think it's is it Robin D'Angelo, the the uh, author of White Fragility. She's a white female, and yet yeah. she has the nerve, the audacity to tell people that Martin Luther King was wrong about you know his we have the dream and living in a couple. No, he's right as rain. He's right as rain. But this white liberal communist Marxist uh, thinks she's more enlightened than him. Um, so that's the reality that we live in, and and it's it's. You know, we just ha we have to stop giving into the lie. David Clements, um, you're an attorney. Are you a doctorate professor as well? Uh, I got my Juris Doctorate, so yes, I do have a doctorate. So what do you do when somebody's a doctorate and a lawyer both and stuff? Do you put all those initials after your names, or what do you do? <laughs> no, well, we we, uh, <laughs> we 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 hold a Juris Doctorate, which uh, is a it's a terminal degree. It's um, a JD, right? But we're so and, and every lawyer has a doctor. We, we yeah. don't call ourselves doctor unless we're in an academic setting, because usually what, what happens is the, 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 the real medical doctors get kind of put off. And, we're, yeah. and so we typically go by counsel or Esquire or, or just attorney this. Uh, so I, I don't really uh, I don't really I'm not really too concerned with, with uh, writing out my own. Or just do, do, do DRJD. <laughs> I don't put any of that. I just put uh, David Clements. And if I have to put something, I'll put JD. There you have it. All right. So do you think that a lot of your research and a lot of the evidence that you put together can be brought forth as lawsuits, too? Or do you think we can nullify now in the given states? What do you think we need to do uh, about this? Because it seems like every effort we're making, we're going nowhere, it seems. Well, I, I would say in the court of public opinion, you're wrong. We, we are going someplace. Um, okay. And, and so they're, we're holding the line and, and moving forth. Uh, if you would have pulled the American people back in March about the election, uh, yeah, many of them didn't know. The new media yeah. taking center stage is having an effect, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So the enemy is platform suppression, and we're up to speed now. So we're circumventing platform suppression, and we're seeing our numbers grow in spite of the fact that we have both of our arms tied behind our backs. Um, so this is about creating um, pressure on our elected officials, on our judges, and we just have to keep the pressure up until it's, it's deafening and it's blinding. Uh, I wish I had a, a more, more profound prescription than that, but I think it's the truth. Well, that's what the founders knew, right? Well, it was a government of we the people, and and so we're now we're we're, at, we're taking back our country as we the people. All right, sir. We appreciate you and all the work that you do. Uh, continue spreading the word, and we hope you come back soon. I will. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. David Clements. He's got a gazillion <laughs> letters behind his name, but he goes by Freedom Fighter. David Clements doing a great job. His website worthy of your review to say the least is um, the professorsrecord.com this is Liberty Roundtable Live alright there you have it ladies and gentlemen three incredible interviews for the week in act conference can you believe it with the uh, guests that we have during the week you know that we're uh, committed to uh, plus the interviews man we've just had a struggle getting through it all imagine this thing happened literally days ago what was it on the 22nd, 23rd? We're still playing incredible interviews. And we're not even close to done. I got several more that'll play next week. All right, a recap of yesterday's show we had on our buddy Chris Carlson. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Discussion of all things liberty, whatever Chris Carlson's on your radio. We talked about a lesson on political science. Ivermectin is neither safe nor effective for the deep state's genocidal agenda. 
And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Great topic. Secret documents reveal FDA had an attack on ivermectin. Dr. Joseph Mercola with that breakdown. He was at our conference. It was incredible. In the real world, ladies and gentlemen, ivermectin is a human drug that has been safely used by 3.7 billion people since the early 1990s. It was approved by the Food and Drug Administration back in 1996. And in 2016, I guess scientists received the Nobel Prize in Physiology uh, for Medicine for their discovery of ivermectin to be used against parasitic infections in humans. It's also, by the way, on the World Health Organization's or the WHO's list of essential medicines for humans. So when they tell you that it's horse dewormer, horse poop, they're absolutely lying to you, ladies and gentlemen. The war on ivermectin, writes Joel Skousen, worldaffairsbrief.com, doing a great job breaking down the dishonesty as well. We talked about Rolling Stones magazine's Peter Wade published a hit piece claiming that Oklahoma emergency rooms were flat out overflowing with people overdosing on ivermectin or horse dewormer. Well, it was totally fake news. Zero Hedge and others proved it, and Rolling Stone got caught lying to the people. We also talked about several doctors are supporting ivermectin. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, Dr. Simone Gold, Dr. Lee Merritt, Dr. Peter McCullough, and literally thousands of others have had great success using ivermectin. Frontline doctors led by Pierre Corey, Dr. Pierre Corey and others. They've also testified before Congress. Now, the interesting thing is one to 200 members of Congress have literally taken ivermectin, not to mention their families and their staffs. They know the truth. And you know what? The Media Research Center, led by Brent Bozell and others, is on the attack. Brent Bozell says, I am demanding Anthony Fauci be fired and even arrested, fired and arrested for his lies, exposing the media's lies about Fauci. The media is the only reason why Anthony Fauci is not yet behind bars, ladies and gentlemen, for lying to Congress, destroying millions of jobs, lives, and businesses. But all that's coming to an end, ladies and gentlemen. Brent Bozell. The number of people diagnosed with dementia will increase by over 40% by 2030, they say. That's the World Health Organization predicting that. That's scary stuff, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And I wonder if the coronavirus and the vaccines have anything to do with that um, projection of increased dementia, etc. Huh? We then second hour had on Richard Mack with us, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Richard is the founder and president of the CSPOA. He says a partnership between the citizens and local law enforcement, particularly sheriffs, is one of the great keys. The County Sheriff America's Last Hope is the book he wrote to highlight the topic. We talked about New York facing streets without cops because of the COVID mandates. Cops don't want to take the COVID shots. And the judge shut down the union's effort to stop the shots. 
So now you're going to have streets without cops. That ought to make things better in society, huh? Not. Biden administration, ladies and gentlemen, releases more than 500,000 illegal aliens into the United States, many of which are flat-out hardened criminals, part of the drug cartels, part of the sex trafficking cartels, part of the slavery network around the world, and we're releasing them into America, a.k.a. Joe Biden, and, in my opinion, rogue crew, as the regime continues to abuse the citizens and protect criminals everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked with Sheriff Mack about how to get more, more, more sheriffs trained to understand their oaths of office. We talked about the FBI and Nancy Pelosi blocked a real investigation into the January 6th fiasco. They don't want the truth. They don't want the 1,400 hours uh, of video recordings released because the the truth will come out that the government uh, was engaged in provocateur agenda uh, to create the insurrection, they call it, on January 6th. Ladies and gentlemen, it was nothing more than a peaceful event by 99% of the people. The provocateurs of government were at the center of anything that went wrong. They don't want you to know that truth. All right, we also talked about a a man got arrested for threatening to kill Congressman Matt Goetz. I guess it turns out that he worked for multiple media, mainstream media outlets. So there you go. (laughs) That's who they hang out with. We're a little different. We don't threaten to kill anybody, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We also had on our guest, Lee Dundas, attorney advocates for citizens' rights. LeeDundas.com, doing a phenomenal job, I might add. Our event, nationwide walk off the job, walk out of school protest rallies, ladies and gentlemen, happening all, uh, I guess it'll be November 8th through the 11th, ladies and gentlemen, is when it'll happen. To get updates, ladies and gentlemen, you can text the word FREEDOM to 53445. That's 53445. Text the word FREEDOM, and you can keep up on the updates. We also talked about Los Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva announced he would not enforce the county's vaccine mandates for county employees. He says, I just can't take a hit to my staff. I'm not doing it. Also, firefighters rallied on Tuesday in Beverly Hills to protest the mandate for county workers. There you have that. That's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. It is still indeed available online. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Tell your neighbor. Live and on-demand, free radio at your fingertips. All your donations will go towards growing our presence in the media. Thank you to all you who donate. And those of you who don't, please consider supporting LibertyRoundTable.com. LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for October the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2021. 
This is our two of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. It is Halloween. I'm not a Halloween guy. I don't like evil holidays. I like to, I like Christmas and the 4th of July and Thanksgiving and those cheerful, happy, wonderful holidays, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that's all I want to say about Halloween. But welcome to the broadcast. Nevertheless, we are live six days a week, two hours a day on your radio with news the networks refuse to use. Our special guest today, John Harvey, he's the state director of Brexit, or Blexit, I should say. Uh, Blexit, and uh, he's in Utah, and he's been fighting for freedom for quite a while. I met him at the Weekend Act Conference. Wonderful gentleman. And welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, John. How are you doing, Sam, this morning? Good to be here. I'm doing fantastic, sir. Tell us a little bit about your life and how you ended up in Utah, first of all. It's, it's, it's just something you don't normally see, somebody uh, promoting Blexit in the state of Utah, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I worked my way via the military. I'm from, originally from North Carolina on the East Coast. And via the military, um, throughout my travels and tours through the, in the Air Force, um, I landed actually in um, Mountain Home, Idaho. And I was there for about five years, and then uh, when it came to get out, I um, decided to opt out of the military at that point in time. And, and, and as a matter of fact, back then, they were allowing uh, voluntarily leaving the military, which was called the rollback, and, uh, because there were too many people in the military. So there were often people and individual and soldiers, you know, earn early out. So I took it. Stayed in Idaho for a few years, loved Boise. Uh, I moved from Mountain Home to Boise. Had a stint there for about 12 years, and uh, I kept hearing that, you know, if you like Idaho, then you'll like Utah, because Idaho is owned by Utah. <laughs> that's, that's what we used to say down there. So I decided to transplant to Utah in 1992, and I've been here ever since, and loved every minute of it. Do you like Utah better than Idaho? You know what? They both are different. Uh, when I left Idaho, mind you, we were less than a half a percent of blacks were in Utah or in Idaho at the time. So hold on. So let me let me say this again. So you're saying that in America, it's about 12 to 13 percent of society is black. You're saying that in Idaho, it was less than a half a percent. Yeah, at that time, it was less than half half a percent. Most wow. of the blacks in that okay. in that state at that time were either at Boise State University, and there was few of them. And the military base in Mount Home, Idaho. So, and that was it. That was it. And so, it was somewhat of a culture shock for a minute. But oh, what God. I realized living in Idaho, though I, via the military, you live in different states and countries. Um, one thing you did realize was that, um, uh, you know, there's culture, you know. When you're in Germany or you're in England, it's a different culture all around. But when you come back to your own states and you live in the state this year in the United States and you realize there's no blacks here, you start to see things a little bit different. 
you start seeing things, you know, wait, wait a minute, when I was living in North Carolina, when I was amongst my people, um, the attitude is different from the white people on the East Coast and those in Idaho and today Utah. And that's here in Idaho, I mean Utah or, or Idaho, you don't hear about victimizations of blacks because there's no blacks there. And I often wondered, being that being that I now lived in two states that are majority white, and you always hear about racism, and now live in a state where there's no blacks. How is there really true racism here? Because you really don't have any blacks to be against as far as discrimination and racism. So now the practice has become more of a, of, well, they must be doing it on the East Coast. So we must implement it here though there's not many blacks here and I learned that mentality from the two states that I lived in because you have what I call save the puppy syndrome and blacks are the puppies so when I came to um, Utah I realized we don't have that problem here until this day we don't have this big racial problem here in Utah that you know, the rest of the country is having, just like they don't have it in North Dakota and South Dakota and Wyoming. It's imported. It is absolutely imported. So what we do here for us, like Black Lives Matters, for example, they import the problem to this state. The state doesn't have that problem. So that's what started to change my life around and Obama but that's what changed my life around where I started to lean year by year more to the right. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I understand that, hey, if there's no black people, how do you be racist against black people? Because there's nobody to be racist against. At the same time, I say, you know what? There are a few black people in our community. The numbers are increasing uh, to some right. degree. And, and my question to you would be, how have you been treated in Idaho and Utah, though? When a black person does insert themselves into our society or culture or whatever you want to call it, are we racist to you? Are we abusive to you? Are we unfair? Let me give you an example. When I first moved to Idaho, when I, when I outlisted in the military and uh, settled down as a civilian in, in Idaho, you know, now it's time to live in the, in the civilian world. And uh, before I went into the Idaho, into the military, um, I was always in the lumber industry. As a kid, I worked with my grandparents, my grandmother, and my uncle in the gardens. Um, when I played football, was an athlete. But then the summer times, when I got older, like the 11th grade, I started working at a lumber store. I worked the yards, um, waiting on customers. And then as I've gotten older, and gotten out of the military, I decided, you know what, I'm thinking I'm going to go back in that industry. So now I'm in the civilian, civilian world looking for a job. And um, You're in Idaho go, where everybody's white. Where everybody's absolute white. Now, keep that in mind as I tell you the story. I'm looking for a job. I go to a place called, I'm not even going to mention the name, but I go in and uh, apply for a job. Now, this particular company is a family-owned company. And there's about five or six different stores. So I go and I apply for a job. Small and this is all the founders, owned. family owned. The owners of the company are at this particular branch that I applied for a job. Didn't get the job. But 
I went to another branch and applied for a job. Got the job. Worked my way up, assistant store manager. As I'm upstairs in the office, the manager, who became who's a buddy of mine, said to me, John, come up to your office. So I come up to my office, and uh, we actually shared a common area for his office space. So he says to me, look at this. He gives me an application. The application says, black, do not hire. And it's my application from the original store. Now, I could have gotten wow. pissed off. <laughs> I could have gotten hold ticked on, off. Hold on. Let me stop you right here, John. This is the poignant part of the story, John. Go ahead. Yes. I could. So when he showed me that, he thought I was going to be you know, ticked off, lawsuits, and blah, 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 blah. But in my mindset, now, mind you, I'm from the South, and I realized something with people, and people seem to forget this. Those guys that said do not hire because I'm black are from a different generation. They're from a complete generation. I understand that's because I'm from the South. So when the manager at the store that I'm at said to me, what do you want to do? I said, nothing. I said, I'm working here now. Because they sent an application to all the stores and said do not hire because he's black just made me want to pursue a job there even more so. Now, the story to this, I mean, the best part of this story is, after six years, I came the most powerful, I came the third most powerful man in that company in six years. There was the owners, the one son, and then myself. I ran everything. So we had a meeting and uh, his name is Richard, the old guy that's, that wrote the letter, wrote the note across the original application, said, John, I know you know what happened when you first came to the Fairview store. And he said, I respect you for it. I said, so is this, the why I'm at, is this why I'm in the position I am now because you guys felt guilty? He says, no, that never changed. He says, you're here today because you worked your way up. He says, we're old school. And let's be honest, there's not many blacks in the state of Idaho. And we weren't used to, you know, being around black men. I said, so why are we having this meeting today? He says, I want to give you something. So he takes a check and he pushes it across the table. Now, I didn't know it was a check at the time, but I had a general idea what it was going to be a check. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. The story shall continue on your radio. There is no other talk show on the airwaves like Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. And we're here to tell the tale of America and Americans. And we're talking to John Harvey, Utah State Director of Blexit. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Recent studies show that parents who smoke in the home are more likely to have children who smoke. Yes, in fact, my brother, he's 22 now, he told me and my father that's why he started smoking. One of the reasons why he started smoking is because my dad was around, you know, and he, he, my dad, they saw my dad smoking. My dad said, okay, I don't want you to smoke. I don't want you to you know, watch what I'm doing. Recent studies also show that in homes where parents don't smoke, their children usually don't smoke either. I am the way I am because my grandparents taught me what not to do. They gave me morals. They gave me belief. They gave me something to believe in. They just taught me well. I love them. <laughs> I do. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. John Harvey with me, ladies and gentlemen, Utah State Director for Blexit, doing a great job in the middle of an incredible story. He was trying to get a job in Idaho. Very few black people in Idaho, if you don't know, less than half a percent at the time. And uh, basically, John uh, did not get hired at the main store, got hired at a um, second location for the company, found out they put do not hire black on his application. John didn't get mad. The story continues. John? Well, we're sitting in the meeting, and uh, he pushes an envelope across the table. And I kind of knew it was a check, but I really didn't know for sure. And so this is six years later from the initial application where they said do not hire black to six years later. And um, I take the envelope and I open up the envelope and there's a check for $80,000. I said to the uh, owner of the company, now mind you at this time he's probably 75 years old, still active in the con company at the time. And I said to them, I looked at the check, I smiled. I said, on any other occasion, this would be great. But I said, this feels more like an apology. And the don't sue me. <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, you know, this is years, less six years later. So I, I'm sure they had the inclination that I wasn't going to sue them because that's just not my thing. I mean... That wasn't serious enough to me. You know, in most cases, when people sue somebody because of a, something like this, it's because they got the feeling hurt. That's usually what it is. And um, I said, you know what? On any other occasion, this would be great. But today, I don't want it. They looked at me. I said, the satisfaction that I have now is because I've taken that initial application against your best judgments 
and worked my way up to the position I am now. Now, granted, they compensated me really well back then. So I took the check and I tore it up. And uh, they looked at me as if I was crazy. I said, you guys may not understand this, but the chair that I sit in now is more important than the check you just gave me because I worked my way up to sit in this chair over all the white people in the country, even some family members, even some sons. I was the third most powerful man in that country. Now, I was the only black employee for the entire company. And so, from that point on, I realized in my life, you know, um, I don't bruise that easy. I don't get my feelings hurt that easy. I correct it by showing people um, how to get what you want out of life without doing a lot of talking. And I carry that on till, till this day. And I'm that way with Blexit as well. And with Blexit, it's not about what people say. It's about the service that we do. We just did something that no chapter in the state, in the entire country with Blexit has ever done. You know, Blexit, Blexit, a corporate policy is they want to get, they want to have 15 new members a month. We just had the monthly status for the country, stats for the country, and Texas was number one before we posted ours, and that was 39 new members. And I said to myself, mind you, this is my third month in Blexit. I said to myself, that's low expectations. We actually done about 250 people in one month. As a matter of fact, we did it in one week. So that will give the indication of to people what we're really trying to accomplish. We don't want to be a namesake in Utah only. We want to be somebody that a group that's actually doing things. You know, our five pillars are, you know, prison reform, the real history, teach people, the kids, and future generations what the real history is, not the CRT version. Entrepreneurship, teaching kids, you know, there's ways of making money outside of being in the streets. Um, community service, school of choice, those are the five pillars that we push and we were looking for as many, many members as we can get to our organization because we want to be an organization to counter Black Lives Matters and all these other radical organizations that do not, you know, teach um, conservative values. All right, so in Utah and Idaho now, you probably got maybe one, maybe 2% uh, tops that are black uh, in these states yes. still, right? Yes. And how do you yes. find uh, support for the organization going? One is there's not that many members to recruit. I mean, you know, there's thousands, don't get me wrong, but it's, you know, comparatively. Uh, but how is the Blexit of Utah organization treated uh, and supported by patriots and, and, and by Americans? I agree that it's a general generational discussion. You know, the older people just didn't have the same mindset or understanding that we have today. And thank heavens for the progress we've made. No doubt about it. But how has your organization been, uh, one, received and two, supported? You know, because I had already been out there publicly because of my podcast and some other things that I do and, and when I speak on, um, what happened with me was Facebook. Another piece of history for me here in Utah, I had a coffee shop uh, that I opened up in 
2020, not knowing anything about coronavirus or the COVID shenanigan. And um, I didn't have a drive-through, so my business was suffering because I didn't have a drive-through. And you know, at that time, they implemented you know the the salt, the porous barrier, plexiglass everywhere. You know, anywhere you can touch, you have to sanitize all the other stuff. Yeah, just nuts on parade. Exactly. Stuff that costs, I mean, just you know, your business is slowed down, but they want you to put all, invest in all this PPE is what I call it. So when I go to apply for the stimulus for my employees, the PPP, they tell me I cannot get it because I did not open my business prior January 1st, 2020. So that was a big problem. I can pay taxes. Everybody else can get my money but me when I needed it from the federal government. So I started speaking out loudly. At that time, my Facebook had probably 300 followers. I wasn't a really big fan of Facebook, and I was never on Facebook until I realized I need to vent. And when I vent, I vent. <laughs> so, thus the podcaster I, and John, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. So I started venting on Facebook, and next thing I know, my Facebook following was five thousand people in a month. Excuse me, in three months. It just grew organic like crazy, and I kept speaking out. Patriots groups, you know, this is all online, and then um, Facebook kept shutting me down I'm always in jail I would post something they would say something I would call Facebook out every name in the book you know but they would never completely shut me off maybe because I was black I don't know and um, so I decided to do a podcast well actually I was speaking out all the time well Jamie Renda from Path Forward Utah great podcast and um, she said, hey, would you do my podcast? So I did. And then she and her sound guy said, hey, you need to get your own podcast. Because Facebook's going to keep shutting you down. So, I, you know, I got into the podcast business, doing quite well. I don't monetize. Um, and then it just grew organically from there. And then we came across Blexit. Jamie says, hey, would you be interested in being in Blex? I said, what's the position? She says, uh, leadership. I said, okay. I don't want to be a director. I don't want you to be the boss, but I'll sit on the board. So that's how we started out. And then we had another gentleman by the name of James Sullivan. He was the, uh, he was the director at the time, and things went a different way, and so I stepped up into the chair, and so getting followers because I had already been out there was somewhat made it a little bit easier because I already have a, had a base. And most of my base is here in Utah at the time from Facebook. So once people realized we had a Blexit chapter opening up and my followers knew that we were having, the ch you know, having a new chapter in Utah, they wanted to join. So though there's not, you know, People are under the perception because blacks originally meant blacks leaving the Democratic Party. Um, it was blacks only. 
But now, ladies and gentlemen, even the term has grown and the point continues to grow. John Harvey, Utah State Director of Blexit. John says, I'm not a black American. I'm an American. We'll talk about that, too, coming up in seconds on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Kids as young as five are closer to being able to get the COVID vaccine. The FDA yesterday grants emergency use authorization for Pfizer's vaccine for kids 5 to 11. Getting parents to allow their kids to be vaccinated could be the hard part, though. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona tells ABC News the PTA and the federal government will work together to address vaccine hesitancy. We were on a call today with the national PTA president talking about how we can work together to make sure that we're communicating effectively uh, how this is safe, how it protects our students, our schools, and our entire community. Pfizer says the vaccine is 90% effective at preventing symptomatic infection. The vaccine still needs CDC approval before shots can be administered. The CDC advisory panel meets Monday. The Supreme Court upholds a vaccine mandate in a 6-3 vote yesterday. The court rejects an emergency appeal from health care workers in Maine who are required to get vaccinated. The state offers no religious exemption, and those who don't comply can be fired. This is USA Radio News. If cancel culture and censorship continue at their current pace, there will soon be nothing left of the truth. The Epic Times was founded to keep truth alive. We ask the questions we think you'd ask. We check facts without regards to any political agenda. No one tells us what to cover or how to cover it. We're not influenced by big corporations or political parties. Our great passion is to expose the spread of socialism and communism. We cover the Chinese Communist Party and how it works to subvert American education and politics. We cover big issues like election integrity, the exploding national debt, the fight against coronavirus, and the truth about its origins. We cover Democrats and Republicans in exactly the same way. We have a special trial subscription offer right now. One month of our printed paper and total access to our amazing online content for just $1. You'll find it at TrustedNewspaper.com. One month, $1. TrustedNewspaper.com. Help the Epic Times keep truth alive. The former governor of New York charged with a sex crime, Andrew Cuomo, charged yesterday with forcible touching, a misdemeanor. According to court documents, in December, Cuomo forced his hand under a woman's blouse and onto her intimate body part. Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple. We have um, an overwhelming um, amount of evidence. Um, we have a victim who's been cooperating fully every day, every step of the way. Cuomo also allegedly touched the woman's breast for the purposes of degrading and gratifying his sexual desires. Cuomo's lawyer denies the charge. The Lincoln Project drawing fire for an insensitive photo in Virginia. The group of anti-Trump Republicans targeting the Republican candidate for governor, Glenn Youngkin, yesterday. Five Lincoln Project members are in a picture standing outside Youngkin's campaign bus in Charlottesville holding tiki torches. The torches bringing back memories of the deadly Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville four years ago. The photo drawing criticism from both Youngkin's camp and that of the Democratic candidate for Governor Terry McAuliffe. This is USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking to John Harvey, Utah State Director of Blexit, Blexit Utah on Facebook. 
Uh, and he had an easy time uh, as he lived in Idaho for quite some time and then Utah. He had an easy time getting followers because of his incredible podcast, still on the air now, uh, The Modern Conservative Podcast. Pretty simple but clear name of who he is and what he stands for. The Modern Conservative Podcast. Check it out. Uh, and uh, so John was mentioning right before the pause that, you know what, Blexit started out as just blacks leaving the Democratic Party, John. Correct. I mean, that's literally what the name means. You know, you had Brexit in uh, the U.K., and the Brits leaving the, uh, um, leaving the EU, what do you call it, UA? Yeah, the European Union, Union, the, uh, Union, sure. European Union, sorry. And um, so Candace Owens, who is the founder, her, she and Brandon Tatum are the founders of Blexit, and um, they just wanted a better way of teaching African-Americans I should say blacks, um, the true history of the Democrat Party. So here we are a year and a half later, two years later now, is Blexit. And a lot of people think that Blexit is only for blacks. As a matter of fact, you know, when at the We Can Act event, people will walk by, and I was said to one lady, so are you just going to walk by us and not ask who we are? She said, I know who you are. You guys are for blacks, aren't you? I said, no, no, no. We actually have liberals in the organization. I don't know, don't know how that works, but we do have liberals in the organization because, you know, blacks in itself is a nonprofit. It's a 5013C. And uh, so we don't really say Republicans or Democrats, we'll say conservative and liberals. And uh, now the Democrats, on the other hand, they can get away with that. But because who who Candace and Brandon are, the first thing that we do wrong, they're going to try to shut us down. So, but we welcome all. We are completely about service and education and reform. And uh, had, like I mentioned earlier, it's all about you know, the five pillars that we stand for. So, like, once again, we welcome all. We welcome all. And the more members we have and we bring into the organization, the more powerful we become as an organization. Because there's nothing like having two, three, four, five thousand members. So when you show up in an event such as a school board meeting, I want them to say, oh, hell, Blexit is here. You go down to the Capitol, I want them to say, oh, hell, Blexit is here. Not just one, two, three of us, but an army of us. And that speaks volume because that lets them know Blexit is not name only. Our founder puts it out there like puts it out there and she tells you what she thinks, well, we'll do the same thing. But may, in a nonpartisan way, though. Uh, John, it's very interesting. Blexit, the term has grown more and more and more and more <laughs> to where, you know what, all of us want to uh, exit uh, the uh, deep state. <laughs> all of us want to exit all these parties that have literally exactly. sold us down the river. All of us want to exit the government schools for promoting critical race theory and pretending we're all racist. It's a lie. 
uh, and, and all these sexual deviant things going on in the schools and all this bogus doctrine taught and these divisionary tactics um, highlighted. and Everybody wants to blex it now, buddy. In, you know, I think that's going to become a trend because you have the Latina, which is called Lexit. They have their own version of it. Um, so the name is going to... That name term is going to become infectious. Um, I just think people don't really understand the situation that we're in right now. I think, Sam, that it hasn't really sunk in to people that we're in a bad situation right now. Whether you're black, white, brown, conservative, Republican, Democrat, libertarian, and others we are in a real mess right now the administration that sits in power right now don't care about their constituents it's proven by their actions and people oftentimes forget about the phrase it's not what they say it's what they show you they come on the the news and say oh we're doing great things for example Afghanistan it was an extraordinary success. And there are people that will believe that. And that's kind of the problem we have with blacks in the Democratic Party. As an organization, the lack of history. They come on the air and t the Democrats will tell you their version of history. But it doesn't match the literature, the literature of history. The history books. Hence the reason why they want to get rid of history. Hence the reason why they want CRT. So they can change history. I'm not for white people being called racist. Not for it at all. I've lived in two states. I'm from North Carolina. When I lived in North Carolina, I've seen racism. I've seen it. I've dealt with it. I've had crosses burn on my front porch. As a, when we, my brother and I were 16, 17 years old, I've seen true racism. Nowadays, everything is racism. If you're successful and you're white, you're racist. If you're black and you speak, speak against the Democrat Party, you're a sellout. You're a racist to your own race. Yeah, Uncle so today, Tom, sellouts are everywhere these days, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll tell you why. If you speak truth. Because that's yep. their narrative. It's about truth, and it's about Americans standing together. I want to highlight this statement that uh, you made on another uh, broadcast. Hey, I'm not a black American. I'm an American. John? I'm an American who happens to be conservative. And the thing is, we Americans are really confused when you say, white privilege or any privilege the fact that you're born in the United States period your privilege you are one of the most privileged societies in the world there's a reason why people want to come to this privileged country so anybody that's walking around here saying that one race is more privileged than the other is an idiot and if you believe that that says something about your perception of the speakers. You know, what people don't want to understand, what people don't know because they don't inform people, 
the our poorest 30 percent this the lower 30 percent of our population as far as wealth are wealthier than 60 percent of the population in the, around the world and people don't realize that you can go on welfare and make $54,000 a year and you're still wealthier than 60% of the population around the world per capita. But people don't understand that. So they use privilege as another way to divide us. CRT is another element of divide us. Racism is another element to divide us. And every time they get a chance to divide us, they do it. COVID is another element to divide us, the vaxxers and the unvaxxers. The science doesn't matter anymore. At one time, they say follow the science. To follow a science, well, it depends on whose science you're following. So, in America, we need to learn to become Americans and stop being so much Democrat slash Republicans because that's another item of division. And we need to jettison all these divides. John, are you a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or no? I am not. My daughter is, and I know know it quite well. She goes okay. to BYU. There's, there's a reason I'm asking you this question, though. It's because now you're black and you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Some would say there's two strikes, two strikes against you. I say you've been well accepted. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, I'm not LDS, but I love a lot of things that they do. You know, sure. I did have a little tiff with the LDS, um, the church per se, not the doctrine. And um, when the faith came out, the president came out and he had stated that he recommends a follower gets a shot, the, uh, the jab. And I was by, against by that way, because... By the way, I'm a yes, faithful sir. member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I take issue with that, uh, get the jab statement too. So many people did, I found out from emails and conversations, because there's a thing called separation of church and state. And what I didn't like, that the church let federal government... Since the federal government couldn't do it, the church started trying to do it for the federal government. That's why I had a problem. My problem with it, though, is when you're a doctor and a religious leader like that, using both of those positions to advocate for something, uh, it gets very scary about what the implications of that really are. That was my biggest concern. Stay with me, John. Hang tight. One more segment left, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to John Harvey, Utah State Director of Utah Blexit, a podcaster as well. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, 
For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman talking to John Harvey. He's well known for his The Modern Conservative podcast, and he's also the Utah State Director for Utah Blexit. He says, I'm not a black American, I'm an American. Uh, making the point he's not downing his heritage, ladies and gentlemen. He's just telling you that it's not about black or white. It's about us being Americans and standing up for the principles that made America great. That's what it's about. Anyway, right before the pause, we were talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. John is not a member of the church, and he's black. And I, I kind of brought up the member of the church discussion only because a lot of people who are non-members feel like, man, with the predominant you know, faith in the area, wow, you know, I'm, I'm not a Mormon, I'm out, I'm a black, I'm out, and... But John's finding that not true, that, hey, he's well accepted and he's supported and he's friends with all kinds of patriots across this great state of Idaho and Utah. And that's really what counts as we Americans stand together. But I had a problem with the church announcing that, too, because when you're a well-known, world-renowned doctor and then you're also a leader of a church and, you know, people, uh, at least the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, consider him to be a prophet of God when he says something it's like hey did God say that and if God did then I but when you double down and have your religious leadership and you have your doctoral leadership there's two things to where it's it's almost forcing people to get the vaccinations where they normally might be inclined not to get it but by golly if the prophet said so if it's good enough for the prophet it's good enough for me I have an issue with that kind of twofold leadership scenario uh, and then using that to influence people I would submit to you, bordering on force a little bit, John. You know, I completely agree with you, Sam, because, <clears throat> you know, the church and religion in itself is protected under the Constitution. So is our liberty. I don't think the church should come in and do the government's dirty work. I mean, we do have this thing called separation of church and state. And... When the church came out with the recommendation, I said to myself, well, then what happened to free agency? What happened to free agency? To right to live under the Constitution, just like the church's religion is protected, so are our, fribities, our liberties and our freedoms. So I had a real problem with that. And then the thing is, you know, I've known people, I know people, and know people who had their parents go and get the vaccine who were not going to do it initially. But when the prophet came out and recommended that, they went and got the jab. And I don't even have a problem with the prophet saying, hey, my opinion is the vaccines are good, da da da. That's fine. But when you literally come out on the news and you're promoted as the, you know, 
the prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you have most of the apostles, and then you come out and then you say, we strongly encourage, uh, yep. and we, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, you need to do this. This is the only way that we're going to get over this pandemic. And when you start to paint it like that, it's a different discussion from, hey, my opinion is, you know, this is okay or do that. That's the scenario that I have a problem with. Well, when they came out with the recommendation, one of the things that really bothered me when they said, it is proven to be safe. I had a real problem with that one. Because now you sound like Joe Biden. The vaccine has only been out, what, eight months now? Nine, what, ten months? Yes. And, and we're seeing all kinds of catastrophic yeah, problems. Exactly. It. I don't understand why the church or the prophet would ever put themselves in that position. I don't understand that. Why would you put yourself in that position when you know it's not proven and safe? Proven and safe is when it was a five to eight year trial. Um, proven and not safe, a mere months. in my opinion, also is when we go through the proper steps to validate it. Uh, proven and safe. We have emergency uh, authorization right now. And you can say, well, no, 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 Sam, the other one's already approved. Yeah, um, we got a different name, though. And you wonder it's the if same thing. Patents, and you wonder if there's... But they're still giving people the um, emergency use Impression. one because the other one's not available. So, you know, where do you go with all this stuff? And it's very, very problematic when it comes to the state of liberty. But it turns out the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis and others, sued the Biden administration and NASA over its coronavirus vaccine mandate for federal contractors. Uh, Ron DeSantis said, hey, it's heavy-handed and overreached by the federal government. I submit to you that it's heavy-handed and overreached by religions, too, um, to be pushing that hard on something that we don't have evidence. It's a very politically divisive issue. But Ron DeSantis is standing up. But really what we have is a, in my opinion, a mandate by press release. We don't have any documentation uh, of legislation or anything lawful about that either, John. You're absolutely right. There's nothing right now in writing about a mandate. Right now it's an edict by uh, Joe Biden. But this is what I... This is what I tell people on the podcast, Sam, and I want people and your listeners to think about something. When the federal government says that the White House staff is, is protected from the vaccine, now I use the word protected, and, and, and follow me on this. When the White they're House staff immune. is protected from they the vaccine, they're not they immune. some degree of protection. Well, no, no, no. No, let me take it a little bit further. I'm going to take it a little bit further. When the White House pr- press, I mean, um, staff is protected, Congress staff and Congress is protected. Um, over one million Chinese students are protected from the vaccine. The Postal Service, because of the unions, are protected from the vaccine. Uh, Pfizer employees are protected from the vaccine. Moderna employees are protected. J&J, which has 150,000 employees here in the United States, are protected from the vaccine, as well as the CDC, FDA, NIH, their employees are protected from the vaccine as well. What I mean by protected, they don't have to take the shot. They're not mandated to take the shot. So my question simply is this to you. If the vaccine is so great and it's so safe, why are they being protected then from a safe vaccine? Why are they being protected from a safe vaccine? Because if this virus was so deadly, why are certain people or groups protected from the vaccine. They're not being protected from us. 
they're being protected from the taking the vaccine. That's a question people have to think about. What makes them so special that they're protected from the vaccine? What does the government know about the vaccine that we don't know? Especially when they're forcing us to take it so hard, which is another dead giveaway. So hard they're trying to get us to take this vaccine. And I want people to think about that. Why are they being protected from a vaccine that's supposed to be safe? Because if it's so safe, there should be no problem with them taking it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You also know that Congress has taken ivermectin while they call it horse dewormer and horse poop and everything else, ladies and gentlemen. So that's a very other interesting telltale sign uh, when people have been given <laughs> Nobel Peace Prizes, prizes uh, for developing the human version uh, of the, of the um, ivermectin as well. So there you have that. Very, very uh, interesting. John, and, which and was worse, do you think? Which was worse, John? 2020 or 2021? For Halloween, we're trying to ask what the scariest year was. Which one's the most scary year for you? 20, 2020 or 2021? You know, 2021 was a lot worse because we're w- way beyond the 15 days of uh, 15 days and everything should reset itself when COVID first came out. I think the worst is to come is 2022. 2021, yeah, is a rough year. I mean, you got inflation. You got um, the mandates. We're a few more months into 2021. 2022, by far, will be the scariest and the most uncomfortable year for us. Then you got the elections coming up. So look for racism to come back out again. White So you're supremacy. saying 2022's going to be worse than Sorry, 2022 is going to be the worst. 2022 is going to be the worst for all of us. Because the election is coming up. Those in power will try to shut the economy down. Those in power will try to get back, get mail-in voting again. They've got to create a scenario to justify what they need to get done. Because the Democrats know they're done in 2022, even by their own constituents. They're done. Not only did they hurt Democrats and I mean Republicans and conservatives and others, they're destroying their own constituents. But what's scary, Sam, is they act like they don't even care. So once again, what do they know that we don't know? Because they're not showing any concern for their own constituents right now. What's really going to happen in 2022? Are we not going to have an election? Because they've shown they don't care about the rule of law anymore because they're in power. They've shown they were circumventing the Supreme Court, District Court, Ninth Circuit Court by executive order or edicts. They're not showing any concern for the constituents right now. Joe Biden ratings down like 21 to 28 percent, whatever poll you look at. They don't act like they care. What's really going to happen in 2022? Great questions. Uh, what do you think the most scary thing about America is right now? Of all the different topics, what do you think the most scary single issue is? The Biden administration. Because everything that's going wrong right now is all relative to them. Everything that's going wrong in our country right now 
is because of them. There's no other outside stimulus that's causing what's going on right now. And the relationship with China. We've given China so much privilege to this country right now. So, so much access to our economy. It's That's all because of the Biden administration. Here's what I think is the most scary thing in America today. It's the simple fact that not enough Americans realize what kind of trouble we're in. I think that's the most scary thing because I believe if, I believe in the American people, John, and I believe if the American yeah. people really understood everything that was going on, they'd be livid and they'd be standing up and doing something about it. But not of not enough Americans even realize um, the crisis state that we're really in. That's my uh, the most scary thing I can think of. You know, you're right about that, and I mentioned that other day on the podcast because I said to, "Where's our patriots at?" I said, why is it in this country we don't hear about the protesting in New York nationwide against the mandate? Why is it we don't hear about what's going on in the U.K.? Why don't we hear what's going on in Brazil All these and, and Australia, the protests, the rioting in the streets? Not rioting, but the protests in the streets. And it amazes me when I hear somebody from the U.K. or from Australia say to, in a video or a post say, America, you know why this is not happening to you? It's because you have guns. But yet... We have guns, and our government are acting as if we still don't matter. And that's what they don't understand. But, ladies and gentlemen, the new, the new media is taking such stage. John Harvey, well-known for the Modern Conservative Podcast. Check it out. We'll have John back soon. In the meantime, I just want you to know that a Twix commercial, it's a Halloween Twix commercial, has a transgender child who's a, 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 acting in violence against his opposers. He's a cross-dressing guy. Satanism is featured in the commercial as well. Uh, some people say this is one hell of a marketing pitch, ladies and gentlemen. Insane going on in America. See, most Americans don't even realize what's going on in their country. That's the scariest part of it all. Uh, I guess what do I want to say? Happy Halloween. <laughs> John Harvey, thank you so much, sir. We'll have you back soon. Thank you, Sam. Great to be here. State Director of Blexit in Utah doing a phenomenal job, John Harvey. For John Harvey and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America.